We are off to San Diego. It is the Heat Wave, episode 19. We're already on episode 19. 19 straight days, and we got 32. We're going, heading towards the finish line. 32 straight days of fantasy breaketh downeth. And the way that we're going to do it is with the Bible of fantasy football. Um, everything you need, all the information um, is all there. The Fantasy Football by Brodo app. Not only that, we have great content on there. You can get these episodes on there, right? But it's not only about the content. It's about the tools. And we give you every tool you need. Every stat that we're going to be talking about today can be found on this app. And on top of that, patreon.com slash brotofantasy. If you want more of the content, we got an extra episode for you every single week. The waiver wire episode, the most important episode. Um, we have access to the Discord, always access to us, private consultations, play in leagues with us. So many extras but those are the four that we've decided to highlight for these promos uh <laughs> so let's get into these uh chargers let's do it tonight yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football we are 18 would be halfway through, right, Michael, if I'm not mistaken? No, no. 16, 16 man. 16 yeah, we're more than we are well through. into the second half of the um, of the heat wave. And let me not – and for no further ado, and I've made my qualms with the word ado known during this series, um, Michael and Cass joining us. What, joining I'm going to start me. calling you Mr. Ado. But I don't know what the word ado even means. See, Cass, just, now Cass, just to bother you. if you guys don't know, Cass is in Mexico City right now, uh, born and raised Mexican, but, you know, speaks, speaks, as you could tell, right? So, speaks English speak, and Spanish. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And do you know any other languages Sometimes. besides English and Spanish? I do know Italian and a little bit of Swedish. Really? You know Italian? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, fluent. Ciao, Bella. As if this guy couldn't get any fucking sexier. This guy, this guy is <laughs> no, but the question, like the question is the word ado. Have you ever heard the word ado without a negative connotation? Like without any further ado. Have you ever heard someone say the word ado in a sentence that it was like, oh yeah, you know, like let's get some ado? Or like, yeah, yeah you, you got know, all that ado, bro. Like with some ado. Let's do this with some ado. <laughs> it's just not how the word is used. Let's do it. Oh, interesting. The That's actual, Italian, baby. I just, I just looked up the definition. And the definition is a state of agitation or fuss, about, especially about something unimportant or trouble oh, or difficulty. Ah, so this it is, makes sense. This is much ado program. about almost nothing. Much ado all, about all those nothing. dynasty players, like people like on Twitter, all oh, they got ado, you know, excitement <laughs> about nothing. Interesting. So I guess, yeah, I guess ado is a negative connotation word, just solely negative. Or she had much ado to keep up with him. Mm, now that you say much ado, now it's all, it's all starting to come together, Michael. I think that was more of that's like the, you know, how they give you like the second definition that's not used as much. That was like the second yeah. definition. I think there's a breakthrough. That's really what I'm saying. All right, let's get into the offensive. I outlook. feel a lot of <laughs> ado. I feel a lot of ado hanging out with Tim now or Michael or Michael agitation you, or, or Michael. You could just like you could just cut me off during the transition. You feel like always, and say you what off. we've been talking about. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get into the the offensive outlook. This fucking guy. Uh, let's get into the offensive outlook for the Chargers. Now the stench, the reek of choking is pungent. 
with this team. Two straight disappointing seasons capped off last year with their head coach, Brandon Staley, by the way, being responsible, in my opinion, for blowing, get this, a 27-0 lead to the Jaguars. Ugh. Brandon Staley is the hottest of the hot seats. Um, he is, if he does not get it done this year, if they don't, if they don't win a playoff game, if they don't come close, he's gone. I think there's no, there's no ifs or buts about it. He's one of those coaches that is definitely on the hot seat. And knowing that, about four and a half minutes after offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Kellen Moore was fired by the Cowboys. He picked up the phone and got Kellen Moore to come in and replace Joe Lombardi. He comes in after four years as the Cowboys offensive coordinator, a very rare under two different regimes. So was the offensive coordinator uh, for Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was fired, then stayed on as offensive coordinator for Mike McCarthy for three more seasons. During those four seasons, top six scoring offense in three out of the four seasons, including the number one scoring offense in the league in 2021. Let's talk about his effect that he had on the offense. Let's do it through Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott in his first three years before Kellen Moore, uh, he had 226 yards per game, 22 touchdowns on the season, and 8.3 interceptions. Three years after Moore, not including his injury short in 2020 season, he went from 226 yards a game to 295 yards a game, from 22 touchdowns a year to 30 touchdowns a year, including a 37 touchdown year. And he took more chances, so from 8.3 interceptions to 10 interceptions. His rushing prowess also went back as well, so that should be noted because um, Justin Herbert does have some rushing potential in terms of rushing touchdowns. Dak Prescott sc scored at least five rushing touchdowns every single year before uh, Kellen Moore. And then after Kellen Moore, never scored more than three in a season. So definitely something to be wary of. Uh, so he comes in. So there's no point in telling you about the offense for last year because Brandon Staley is a defensive head coach. So the offense is going to be basically Kellen Moore's brainchild. And so I'm not going to tell you about them last season what i'm going to tell you is about the cowboys last season under kellen moore they were 13th in points per game last season i'm sorry no the Chargers were 13th in points last season but i'll tell you this about kellen moore um only season that he was outside the top 10 in highest pass percentage was last season and when you think about dak prescott only played 12 games and they had tony pollard and ezekiel Elliott in the backfield it's easy to understand why he went that way so it does show an adaptability but with that being said his previous three seasons they were top 10 in highest passing rate so that should also be mentioned 25th in pass percentage last year that was 51 percent, and 12th in rushing percentage 49 percent. their offensive additions were just through the the draft they add rookie wide receiver quentin johnson they got him, johnston excuse me they got him in the first round big body wide receiver and they didn't really subtract anyone on offense so it looked like austin Eckler. and it should be noted about about some of these running backs at time of recording, it does seem like there might be a running back mutiny brewing. So there is something to be said about the fact that four like or five top running backs might just all hold out together. A good old fashioned running back. Mutiny. Yeah. I mean, like nothing like that's ever happened before. So there needs to be a grain of salt in the running backs like Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, uh, guys, guys of that ilk. So, Let's let's just go with the fact that let's say Austin Eckler's playing. All right, let's just assume the best. 
out of all this in terms of fantasy. Uh, and so no offensive sh- subtractions considering that. As always, we start with the QB. Sunshine himself had a down year last year. Uh, definitely, I was on the let Herbert cook bandwagon. I thought they were way too conservative with the offense. They add a wide receiver. They add a much more downfield type coach in Kellen Moore. So how do you think this affects Justin Herbert? Yeah, fantasy managers felt super ado about Justin Herbert last season. <laughs> he Can you use a do uh, as a verb? I don't know. I don't know, Tim. We're learning a whole new world of a do <laughs> in this episode. They adoed him. <laughs> Justin Herbert digressed quite a bit last season, as we know. He finished just 15th in points per game at around 17 points after finishing 7th and 2nd in points per game, respectively, his rookie and sophomore year. The wildest part in this is that Justin Herbert set a career high in pass attempts last season with 699. That was the second most in the league. This resulted in 4,739 passing yards, good for second most as well, but he threw for just 25 touchdowns. First time he didn't surpass 30 touchdowns. To the 25 was eighth in the league. So all the volume stats were still there, which is a great sign moving forward I, for Justin I just want to I just want to throw something out there with the volume stats. It should be noted that his A dot was 6.42. That is 43rd in the league. So a yeah. lot of these passes attempted and completed were to guys like Austin Eckler that was like a yard away. But it was also because what I'm going to get into now, I just want to add that Justin Herbert was also fourth in red zone attempts, which is nice to see. But the issue was his weapons. Keenan Allen played in just 10 games last season, but the first two didn't really count. He played in less than a third of snaps in each of those and saw just six total targets. So Justin Herbert really didn't have Keenan Allen healthy until week 11. And that's when he started playing his full allotment of snaps again. And that's when he returned to form. Mike Williams also played in just 11 games without limitation, but was playing through injury throughout the season as well. This left Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, and Gerald Everett to do the bulk of the heavy lifting, which is just not good. That's what when you have to throw to guys like Palmer, Carter, then then it makes sense that you have to dump it off to Austin Eckler more or tr- drop a four-yard slant to DeAndre Carter. Those guys aren't Keenan Allen. Those guys aren't Mike Williams. Now he once again has a healthy Keenan Allen. He once again has a healthy Mike Williams and the new weapon first round wide receiver, Quinton Johnson, the super electric six, three dynamo wide receiver. He has some iffy Brodo player comps, um, but he's still a first round wide receiver who could make an immediate impact. And he's certainly going to be a help to, to um, Justin Herbert over guys like Palmer and Deandre Carter. So Herbert also fell from eighth in true target value in 2021 to 29th in 2022. You have to expect him to revert closer to his sophomore season um, with with the uh, with the receiver room healthy. Once again, Austin Eckler returning. He's currently going as QB7 on underdog, QB6 on FFPC, so people are not buying into the down year last year. I don't blame them. I'm not going to fade um, Justin Herbert if I'm looking for a mid-round quarterback, depending on how my team is shaping out, who's available. Obviously, you have to be fluid each draft, but Justin Herbert's not someone I'm just avoiding currently at ADP. I I think I like Justin Herbert at ADP right now. I think that he ha- he's one of the Because we know he could be a top three quarterback. Exactly. Like we know that's in the cards. Also, the rushing. He, he had the his worst rushing year last season. 
I think you're getting him at QB seven, right? And it, like at QB seven, you've already passed Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, Jackson, Burrow, Fields, right? So outside of Trevor Lawrence, who also has a chance to jump uh, uh, something, you got Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. Then you got Watson, Prescott, Tua, okay, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins. Like uh, Aaron Rodgers not going to QB fifteen. Wow, uh, but like those guys, Anthony Richardson. Like you don't. I'd rather take a Justin Herbert. Where? What round is he going? Did you say, Michael? Uh, he's going mid rounds right now. He's going off the QB board, QB seven. You could get him in like round five ish. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be mad if you wanted to spend the fifth round pick or a sixth round pick on Justin Herbert, uh, because that, I, I kind of equate that in when I won a championship with with uh, Andrew Luck. Like Andrew Luck was one of those guys who always showed promise. And then I drafted him in the fifth round, maybe reached for him a little bit the, the year that he blew up and won the MVP. And that, you know, that really propelled my team to a championship. I feel like Justin Herbert has a, some of that potential uh, in him this year to like take that really big step up. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, inclu- talking about steps ups, do you know who does a lot of step ups and uh, a lot of box jumps and a lot of, uh, you know, whatever it is he does with weights? It's the man, the myth, the legend, the the craziest like. But one of the craziest workout routines and one of the craziest, like one of the most in shape people that you'll ever see in your life. And one of the biggest producers you'll ever see in your life coming out of the undraftedness. My man, Austin Eckler, pay that boy. All right. I'm here for you, running backs. I'm here for you, running backs. I'm in your corner. I, I appreciate you. The world might not, but I'm still here for you. And that includes Austin Eckler. One of three. Uh, so. The last three, uh, four seasons, right, which that's been since Austin Eckler has been heavily involved in the offense. He, had, he did have to work his way there uh, after being undrafted. So and they had, you know, they had Melvin Gordon there who was a, a, you know, pretty good player. So he had to work his way into there. In the last four years, of all the finishes of any running back over the last four years, Austin Eckler has three finishes in the top 12 overall best seasons. So in the four years, three of the top 12 best seasons belong to Austin Eckler. He's been the most consistent player that you could have. The only time he missed out on that was his injury shortened 2020 season. Since 2009, he has the most PPR points of any running backs. He has the most targets of any running backs, the most receptions of any running backs, the second most TDs only to Derrick Henry in 2019, that 2019, you mean? Since 2019. You said 2009. <laughs> oh, my bad. Since 2019. In fact, in fact, if you add wide receivers in the mix, over the last four years, he has the 11th most receptions in the NFL with receivers and running backs combined. That's crazy. That's crazy. crazy. And you're talking about now Kellen Moore coming in. The, Cal- the, the Cowboys have produced a top 10 running back every single season that Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator. Uh, two within the top 30. In 2021, two in the top 20 last season, RB3, RB9 
for Zeke in the in 2009-2020, then RB7 in 2021 while Pollard was 28th, so two top uh two RB3s are better. And then last season produced RB8 and RB17. Zeke had three seasons with over 50 catches and he was never in He's a good pass catcher, but he's not Austin Eckler. So right now, Austin Eckler is being a little disrespected. I think that a lot of people are switching their uh, their philosophies over to wide receiver early. So these running backs are kind of dropping a little bit. And right now, you can get Austin Eckler in the back half of the first round. And I'm I'm jumping on that all day, every day. I had Austin Eckler in my home league last year, and I loved every single second of it. Like, I did not have a single complaint. The man was an, an absolute miracle. And I think that you should jump at the opportunity to draft him. There's no reason to stay, stay away. He's only had four really active seasons. And he's 28 years old, yes, but he doesn't have as much tread on the tires as other 28-year-olds. Like, he's different than a 28-year-old Derrick Henry. So I think Austin Eckler is, is still the guy, and you're getting him at a discount. I know you got to be the guy for the back half of the first round to be a discount, but it is a discount. Go take advantage of it. Get Austin Eckler. Yeah, Austin Eckler is the man. Awesome, excellent, as some people Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, these guys are in, like, there's not really a lot of debate. Like, no, Austin Eckler sucks because, uh, no, there's no debate there. So, but what what we can debate is how these wide receivers are going to be deployed. Uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Quinston Johnson uh, getting into the equation. Josh Palmer had a pretty decent season when he was called on last year. So four receivers in the mix here, at least. How are you feeling this is going to play out, uh, Cass? I, per, me personally, I think Mike Williams is being criminally underrated right now. How are you feeling about that? I mean, I I think last season I also got the wide receiver for the Chargers, and I, I, I'm not going to say I called it, but I, I was <laughs> I was at a man on, on Palmer, uh, and he actually lit it up, and I'm very happy about that. However, this season is completely different. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. In that episode, Mike, I bet Michael that Josh Palmer would end as a top thirty-six wide receiver, and he called me crazy. Saying, I, I gotta say, the circumstances were. were I special, mean, he got. But... Uh, yeah, it was all based on injuries. You got you hit with injuries. Uh, you hit, and just uh, that. That's it. That's all I gotta say. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead, Piaz. Yeah, like that's a per- perfect segue because although I did love him last season, and he was fucking, he was good. As soon as both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen came back, uh, the magic was over. And it was like the last five games of the season, and he was averaging uh, just 30 yards per game, uh, three receptions. So he was a product of the the other two's injuries. And now they're both starting the season healthy. And if we assume they kind of remain like that, we cannot assume 17 games for both. But like if they kind of remain healthy, especially with the new first one wide receiver, Palmer is, is long gone. Uh, and that brings me to the new uh, Quentin Johnston rookie wide receiver, which, like Mike mentioned, the the comps were not very kind to him. He got Brian Johnson, and like the most salvageable one, uh, top three is uh, Drake London. Similar size, uh, similar stats, similar general playing uh, style statistically, uh, statistically speaking. However, having two big boys in front of him is, is going to be tough for him to get started. Uh, especially because we know wide receivers or even rookies just start slow, especially wide receivers. Uh, Justin Jefferson, even one of probably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, his rookie season took him a couple games to get there, and he was just behind Adam Thielen, right? Uh, Now, Quentin Johnston is behind Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. 
I'm not a huge fan of drafting him. He, he's not going super high. He's going wide receiver 49 in the consensus rankings. But I'm, I just don't see a path for him to go and, and, and be a usable starter this season. Uh, wide receiver 49, I don't hate it. You can get him and hope a Palmer situation happens. Maybe like if the guys in front get injured, he will have a, a good path to being uh, usable in fantasy. But being a rookie behind these two guys, Going wide receiver forty nine, which is still like a decent place to get to get uh, options. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, regarding Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I do like them both, and especially Mike Williams going wide receiver twenty seven. That's a good spot to draft him. Like he has big potential. They they like he averaged eleven point seven points. Keenan Allen averaged eleven point six last season, and if you're getting that at wide receiver twenty seven, that's a good deal in my opinion. Trying and he has so much. He has so much. Go ahead. Real quick. He's going off the board at wide receiver 41 on underdog and wide receiver 25 oh. for Mike oh. Williams. Oh, my, Mike Williams. There's so much potential for Mike Williams, too, because like I said, this is a brand new offense. This is a offense that has the opportunity to succeed. I think the one thing you have to deal with with Mike Williams is that he's going to be on and off. He's going to have huge games Always. and he's going to have bad yet he's gonna have great games if you look at his four wide receiver one finishes last year he had a wide receiver eight nine seven and four finish last year um now he had some wide receiver twos and wide receiver three so it wasn't all bad but all of those games were sandwiched by two bust games so his wide receiver eight game in week two was sandwiched by a wide receiver 99 and wide receiver 54 game his wide receiver seven finish was a sandwiched by a wide receiver 65 and a wide receiver 83 game and his wide receiver four finish was sandwiched by the same 83 game and a wide receiver 40 game so you're gonna get up and down from mike williams but don't forget that he was injured last year there were a few times where mike williams just start, played some of the game and then left the field and was used as basically like a decoy he's hurt type of situation even though it got counted as a week played uh, in the stat book, and he might have had a couple catches. So there is something to be, uh, you know, very much said about that. Uh, and, you know, he has had injury woes in his career, but you're still getting a guy that in 2021 had the 10th most red zone opportunities in the league, the ninth most touchdowns. He's a big body. He had 1,146 yards that year on 76 receptions. Uh, he was a top, he was a, easily a wide receiver too with 14.6 PPR points a game. Like this is the type of guy that you're getting in late 20s, in the 30s with a new. Uh, with possibly a revitalized quarterback that's going to throw a lot more, that's going to throw downfield a lot more, Kellen Moore, like I said, a lot more ch deep risk, a lot more deep shots from Dak Prescott under Kellen Moore than before that. I think that this offense has a chance to really click, and I think that Mike Williams at this price right now is just too good of a deal to pass up on. I've I've gotten all the – I haven't had that many drafts quite yet, only a few, but I've gotten Mike Williams, I think, on any, every one of my teams because of his ADP is just – you know, you look at the, the the list of names, you know, and, and one just pops out. Like where he's going, Mike Williams pops out where he's going. So I, I love drafting him there. Yeah, see, I, I have drafted a ton of teams and I've drafted Mike Williams maybe once. Just not a Mike Williams guy. Quinson Johnson, I think, is interesting because I don't think he's going to produce. But if there's if there's someone who's going to have a chance to produce, he's probably going to be on the field a lot. Because Keenan Allen is a slot guy. Palmer. Like, I think uh, he is that 
Palmer we called last season with just a little bit extra, you know, but the the risk is there and then the ADP is a little bit too high for me for, for that risk. Well, not risk, but just like lack of initial production guarantee. I just, in, in Mike Williams' ADP range, I'd rather draft, I have been drafting guys like Keenan Allen instead. I'd take Jerry Judy instead, Terry McLaurin instead, Travis Etienne instead. Like I've Keenan Allen's going 17 like right now. Mike Williams going 30. Keenan Allen's going wide receiver 19. Mike Williams wide receiver 25. They're only 10 spots apart in ADP on underdog. 25, he's creeping. He's creeping up a little bit. Yeah, like, but I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not in on him much at his current spot. I'd take Terry McLaurin over him any day of the week. That's what I have been doing. I think I go Mike Williams there, but Terry McLaurin's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Like I take him over DeAndre Hopkins, take him over Christian Kirk. Yeah, Pittman, I would do. You know, I would take him over all these guys. Um, speaking of, I could I could already tell what Michael's gonna be like. He's gonna be like, man, man, can we stop already with uh with? Can we stop trying to make Jared El- Gerald Everett a thing? Can we stop, stop? Trying to make fetch happen? Can we stop trying to make Gerald Everett happen? Enough already! I've had enough of this. That's that a terrible, terrible impression. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cass is laughing. You'll have to wait and find out. Do you want me to? You want Go me ahead, to start? Tighter, take it Man, away. we gotta stop making Gerald. <laughs> 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 look, actually though, look, Gerald Everett had a, a pretty solid 2022 season. Actually, um, easily surpassed his ADP. He ended the season 58 catches, 554 receiving yards, four touchdowns, and route to an 11th overall points per game finish. He also had a huge playoff game in the Chargers' despicable meltdown where he went 6 for 109 in a touchdown. But as mentioned earlier, a bunch of times, though, there were injuries across the wide receiver room, leaving Everett the opportunity to set career highs in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns, and Justin Herbert threw nearly 600 times. Gerald Everett saw a career-high 14% target share. 14% was 20th among tight ends, despite the advanced opportunity that he was seeing. He just happened to be eighth in targets at 87 because the Chargers threw the ball so damn much. He was also 14th in true target value. So now he enters the season going as a mid-range tight end two, going off the board at tight end 16 on the dog, tight end 17 on FFPC. And I get it based on what we saw last season. But what's the upside here when it comes to a guy like Gerald Everett? Like he's not going to be a top five tight end. He's not going to break out by any means. If even if he keeps a fourteen percent target share, which is super unlikely, is Joe, is Justin Herbert going to throw six hundred times again this year? And he he's not going to see fourteen percent of targets. Because now Quentin Johnson is there as well, alongside Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Like they're not going to be forced to throw to Gerald Everett as much as he was last year. I, he might be a plug and play option. You know, he always has been throughout his career. But drafting him at tight end sixteen and seventeen on those two platforms right now. I just don't get it. Like he's going to be someone you you drop, add. Like Tim was saying that about Greg Dolchik on an earlier episode. I think that's Gerald Everett. Like I don't see any sort of upside with Gerald Everett in that offense being more than just a flyer, waiver wire, fill-in type tight end. I will say this. Dalton Schultz. That's what, what I'm saying. What does that have to do with Gerald Everett? Kellen Moore. This is offensive coordinator. Now the tight end has been part of that offense. It's been it's been a part of the offense. But then again, they never really had a. I mean, C.D. Lamb. They didn't have a lot Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnson last year. I mean, Michael they had a Mark Gallup Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael nothing. Gallup. They did. They had those three and a running back, 
and and running backs that are getting mad here. And, and Dalton Schultz still did work. Gerald Everett's also a journeyman who has 550 yards as a career high. With high draft capital. All right, Tim, then draft Gerald Everett. I'm just saying I'd rather have Gerald Everett in the last round than Greg Dolchich in the 12th. You know, I'd rather take no. a chance on Everett than yeah, on no. a guy like Dolchich. No. I just think there's some sleeper potential. Am I am I maybe sugarcoating a little bit? Am I maybe making it a little sweeter than it actually is? Maybe. Am I putting some aspartame in it? You know, possibly. Am I trying to have a carcinogen, a Coke Zero for you? Maybe. You know what I mean? But, you know. You done? <laughs> you done? At Broto FF Tim is, is where you can find me. At Broto FF Mike. At Broto FF Casanova. At Broto FF Jason. At uh, Psych Ward FF. At FF by Broto for the app. At Broto Fantasy for the podcast. YouTube.com slash Broto Fantasy for our beautiful faces and my shiny ass head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else? <laughs> Shit is shiny. I got to confirm. If you're it's not like, watching it's like, very like a, shiny. I look like yeah, I like like shiny, uh, yeah. the last Airbender. <laughs> um, what what are we? Uh, what did I, where was I? Go follow all our stuff. And download, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll be ending our time Holding in the out. NFC West. Yes, with the with the Raiders. The. <laughs>